0: One and all to episode 88 of the DC Comics News Podcast, uh, where we talk everything DC, uh, movie, TV streaming, comic, and a few even miscellaneous stories uh this week. Uh, with me uh, is the amazing Kelly Gaines.
1: Hey, Brad. What's up?
0: Hey, hey. And the incredible Steve J. Ray. Steve Smash. <laughs> So we can jump right into the movie news. Uh, This week we've learned that Billy Crudup uh, is in talks to return to The Flash. Uh, Kelly, what do you think of this?
1: I think it makes sense. Um, He's played Barry Allen's dad before in Justice League and was, from what I read initially, attached to the movie way back when, when it was not gonna happen and now it's happening again so it, it does make sense um yeah I I had no issue with him as Barry Allen's dad I think they did a good job um and coming from the position of if he's working with Ezra Miller again then they already kind of have that chemistry and that dynamic um so yeah I, I do think that is a really good idea Steve what'd you think
2: oh yeah he's done it before he can do it again I mean he's an actor I've got a lot of time for from roles as varied as, as Dr. Manhattan to Barry Allen's dad to his brilliant work in uh, Mission Impossible. So, yeah, absolutely. He's been signed on since time immemorial, since, like you said, Kelly, before it wasn't happening and then it was happening again and many in between parallel worlds that now that it actually is happening, he needs to be there because um, Barry's dad is as pivotal to The Flash's um, whole career as a hero as anything else is. I mean... The whole in prison for a crime he didn't commit thing. Maybe we're going to see some of that story, which has me very, very excited. Yeah. Looking forward to that. What about you, Brad?
0: Yeah, I I think Steve, I think you're right. He is an important character and it's good to have an actor with even in the article mentions that he has a higher profile now than he did when he originally was talked about in the role back in the early days of the Flash, you know, movie. So it is cool that he's going to be back and that there are at least some kind of foundation from that Flash movie that was, you know, that's been in development for so long. And it's just, and it's another, you know, step towards us getting the Flash movie and, and productions getting back on track. So that, that's cool. I'm glad that he is, is still on board. And up next, uh, looks like we got a little bit of a leak of, uh, Guillermo del Toro's Justice League Dark script. Uh, Kelly, what do you think of this? This actually looked really cool.
1: Um, I, I think I had, I, I was kind of looking forward to his take on the movie just on the grounds. I mean, if you can do Hellboy and do it well, then you can most likely do Justice League Dark really well. Um. Yeah, it's it seems like they're still keeping a lot of elements of this script, which I think is a good thing. Um and it was kind of interesting, I think, the the idea that they're going back into John Constantine having a, a former team. Um, that we or not that they are anymore, but at least that that was a possibility. Um, you know, and I, I do really love that they describe him as the chain smoking anti hero, because I think mm-hmm. there's there's, he has so many qualities, but the chain smoking is kind of, a, I guess, a, an aesthetically important one. Um, and I really hope that they do keep the Oblivion bar as, like, a main staple in the series. I love the fact that all of these kind of creepy elements of uh, of the DC universe have a, a bar that is their hangout and their spot. Like, that is really cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, it just it makes me wish that Six Flags wasn't the theme park that has the DC rights because I would love to see a theme park where you could go into the Oblivion bar and mm. watch some crazy magical stuff and have a drink but yeah this looks amazing uh Steve what do you think
2: I'm, I'm still kind of bummed that Del Toro's Justice League Dark movie isn't happening anymore because I love this guy from his super blockbusters like the Hellboys like you said Kelly and um oh god was it Pacific Rim and then you can do pure art like The Devil's Backbone and Pan's Labyrinth the, the guy's just a genius he's just a wonderful director but as soon as I saw this story I was sold by the words Zatanna and Constantine that's it that's all you need to get me in those two characters <laughs> in a movie and I'm signed on but then you had Shadow Pact and Swamp Thing and the fact that it's going to be all eras of Justice League Dark I even mention Detective Chimps so Oh, I want to see this script and if any elements of it are still going to carry on into J.J. Abrams' TV show, I'm there. Um, Justice League Dark, as you all know, I've killed you all with it. It's my favourite ongoing series right now in in, in comics, so uh, a movie or a TV show based on them, I'm there. I'm just there. What about you, Kelly?
3: Or even Brad? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh. You know, I, I agree with both of you. I've this this story struck me really cool about the Oblivion Bar and Shadow Pact right now because I've been rereading some of the Shadow Pact stuff, and one of my favorite things about that is the Oblivion Bar. So that is such a cool thing to still have. And Steve, like you were saying, I hope that they bring in elements of this script because del toro's a great writer as well as a director so the ideas he have i'm sure would be amazing and from what i can tell it would be really really cool so i really do think that they should bring some of this into uh into the series so and jj abrams if you're listening <laughs> please find the script and incorporate it somehow and you know kelly it's funny that you mentioned the um But chain smoking, (laughs) I always thought that that was one of the most badass things about John Constantine because this is a guy who knows that if he dies and goes to hell, he's going to have to face a serious reckoning in the worst possible, possible places to be. And yet, what does he do? He chain smokes. You would think that he would try to stay alive, but he chain smokes. And I was like, man, you go, John. (laughs) But um, yeah, I I think that that this would be... I kind of like when these things leap because it is kind of, you know, very interesting to see what might have been. And, you know, Steve, also, like you were saying, with Detective Chimp and all these other characters they can bring in, uh, that's amazing, too. And this is going to be shaping up to be a pretty great time to be a Zartana, uh, Zanta, uh, Zartana fan. So I'm, I'm looking for, I would love that, too. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down for anything coming through to the sh- to, to the TV show. And we also learned that there were the Justice League movie that we saw that there was a big battle scene between Atlantis and Parademons that was cut. Kelly, what do you think of this?
1: I I don't know how to feel about this exactly because we're we're still going to see the Snyder cut at some point. So I assume a lot of this footage is going to make it back in um and I think it would be cool. I, I feel like it'll have a really. Intre- or at least it'll sort of raise the stakes of the film more. Cause that was kind of my. Initial complaint about the film. We actually saw was that it just didn't. We kind of raise the stakes up really fast. Introduce a bunch of characters and then everything is resolved. And it's it's just over. So a, a huge battle scene would be cool. Um, I'm dying to know what was too violent for them to leave in. Because that that's. If that is the reason it was cut, then that is a very interesting reason. But uh, yeah, I I'll hold out hope for the Snyder cut, and I do kind of want to see how this plays into everything. If this is a bulk of what gets added in, if it's just maybe an extra couple of minutes, I mean, we'll see. But yeah, I I would be down for a Atlantean Parademon war. What about you, Steve?
2: Always. I mean, the more I hear about this film, the more excited I get and the more frustrated I get as to what did they leave? I mean, when poor Zack Snyder had to leave because of the the horrible tragedy that befell his family, I was actually excited that uh, Joss Whedon was coming on board because he did some great things with the first Avengers movie. But his reshoots, I mean, watching the Justice League we got, You can blatantly see which are the reshoots and which are the original Snyder shots. And they're just like two different films that have been stuck together with duct tape in the worst way possible. So the fact that he's getting to reshoot those reshoots himself, insert them in the way he wants, battle scenes, dark side, Oh, i just can't wait the more i hear the more i want to see and the more distressed i am that all this good stuff was cut out and when i hear stuff about cyborg and uh, robotic limbs and half man half spider and superman and the black suit and everything else um 2021 cannot come quick enough especially after the horror show that was 2020 so yeah i, I can't wait to see this what about you brad
0: yeah, this is, I'm with you 100%, Steve, that the more I hear about this, the more excited I am. Because the one uh, thing that kind of really stuck out to me about this article is, is Zack Snyder says that he is not going to use one piece of film that was shot by Joss Whedon, that he would blow it up first. And that's really intriguing because it really is going to feel like a completely new film and that is very exciting. And we've all seen three hundred, so we know that Zack Snyder's no stranger to violence. So seeing him bring that to a war between the Atlanteans and Parademons, I'm all for it. I say I say bring it on. Um yeah, so I, I'm just really super excited to see what he brings to it because it seems like he's going to have to shoot a lot more than I originally thought so that that's yeah I'm I'm super excited. And moving on to TV and streaming news. Uh we learned that the CW has shut down filming on some of its shows over the COVID-19 and some testing delays. Kelly, what do you think of this?
1: This is really unfortunate cuz I I think You know, we even talked last week about how we're starting to see some momentum with some of these shows, um, and it just feels like we're getting to the end of the nightmare in a way, but we're not at the end yet, and it's not over, and it's, I, I think the main point was that they don't know yet how sustainable it's going to be to keep filming when test results are delayed, and if, you know, so even if they get through this first batch of testing, um, You know, they would need to know on set that they can continuously have tests, have them administered quickly and get the results back fast. And that's just not necessarily the reality right now. Um, And it's unfortunate, but I understand why they're hesitant, because I, I would much rather the world actually kind of beat this faster than have a bunch of TV shows, but then a gigantic outbreak come after that. Um, so, yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but I do understand it. Steve, what do you think?
2: Exactly what you said, Kelly. Spot on. It's sad. It's upsetting. But um, better late than never. That's a famous saying because it, true words have never been said. I want these series, but when it's safe, healthy and responsible to get them. Uh, if this means that everyone involved with making these shows is hale and hearty and they can then make... Th- 10 20 seasons after this that's a lot more important than when we get the next one as long as we get the next one so bummer um
0: longer wait but worth it i think what about you brad yeah i i echo (laughs) echo what you both said uh it's unfortunate but necessary and i would rather have it be something that's delayed rather than rushed and then uh, you know a huge breakout and everything goes on lockdown again. I think that for the time being, these temporary shutdowns are going to have to be a new normal and I can live with that if it means that we get, you know, back to normal quicker. So yeah, I'm just glad that, you know, at least everybody is still healthy on the sets it seems. So that's good too. So it's just, It's just something that we have to deal with in these crazy times. And uh, up next, this is exciting for all of us here because we're all such big fans, but we've got an estimate of when we might see season three of Harley Quinn. Kelly, what'd you think of this?
1: I'm so excited, but it's so far away. (laughs) Like The end of 2021, I can't even wrap my mind around the end of this month yet. So... (laughs) I mean, fine. I'm I'm just glad that we know for a fact that it's happening. And I do like, um, I saw that they want to go more into Ivy's background and her origin story. And I think that would be really fun because so far, I mean, obviously it's a Harley Quinn show. So we've seen a lot of Harley and we've really gotten to know her, I think, more intimately than we have in other parts of the DC universe. Um, but to see this show's kind of building of Ivy would be so cool. And i I'm not saying I begrudge them the longer wait time whatever you know whatever they need to stay healthy and get you know get production moving fine, but oh my god, it's gonna be a hard wait. What did you think Steve? Uh,
2: the fact that they made seasons one and two back to back must have been a logistical nightmare so I, I do understand where they're coming from and wanting to um not quite delay. The release of the season but make sure it's the best it can be and everything they're saying in this interview with with looking at ivy's background in a similar way they did with harley for seasons one and two just makes perfect sense because if these two are going to be a new dynamic duo for the 21st century and beyond then i want to see The whole character fleshed out. I want to see their histories, their dreams, their nightmares and everything in between. And as long as we get, like this uh, article brilliantly states, more Kite Man and more Bane as well. Oh, yes, it's going to be a long wait, but worth it. What did you think, Brad?
0: Yeah, I think we were spoiled with the second season because since they did make it back to back, it came out so quick. It was like I I couldn't believe it. All of a sudden there was a new episode. So I, I kind of did expect to have to wait a while for season three. And it is a while, but there's been so much stuff that is supposed to come out that got pushed back to 2021. I think with everything that we're still waiting on, that it's going to be a entertainment wise, the year is going is to go pretty quick. So it'll be before you know it that we'll be watching the first episode of season three. So I just hope that it doesn't get pushed back into 2022. I, I hope it is able to come out at the end of uh, 2021 uh, and I would much rather wait and have a se- you know have a season that's as good as the last two have been rather than have something rushed and not be as good so I'm totally willing uh, willing to wait and uh, if there's more bane it's going to be worth the wait so yeah for sure. And we also got a little bit of Sandman casting news. Uh, Tom Sturridge uh, may be playing Morpheus. Uh, Kelly, what do you think of this?
1: I mean, I, I, I'm i not super familiar with that actor. Although I think the big point that stuck out to me about this is that they're starting filming in three weeks and we still don't have a full cast yet. So that's... Uh, yeah, you know, that, that's a little worrisome to me, but I mean, he, from what I can tell, he seems to be a very good actor, and hopefully we just are able to seamlessly go right into filming, although I, at this point, you know, with delays and whatnot, that's not necessarily the most possible thing in the world. But yeah, I mean, best of luck to him, and I really, really hope that this series just knocks it out of the park, but we'll see. Uh, Steve?
2: Um, I've only seen one film of his and that's the boat that rocked, which I think was called pirate radio in the U S and it's a film that meant a lot to me. Cause growing up in the UK, um, radio caroline is a big part of british pop culture and british history because it was the first pirate radio station and it was set up in a rig at sea so they couldn't get shut down obviously of course they eventually did but it's a great movie um it's he's really good in it all the whole cast just shines in that film so i'm quite excited but more so because he's a broadway and west end actor too he's a stage actor and That means a lot in terms of the gravitas and presence that a character like Morpheus needs. So the fact he also looks so much like Dream as well. I mean, I can see him with the mop of black hair and the pale white demeanor. So he's a good actor. He's a Brit. (laughs) And I think he's going to be a stellar choice if he indeed does get the role because it still says it, it It seems like he's the man but it's not set in stone yet but if he is yep i'm up for that definitely um as a huge sandman fan yourself brad would you make of this story mate
0: yeah like kelly like you i'm not really familiar with his work and steve i thought like you said that he looks a lot like morpheus so that i think is is kind of a, a cool thing so man and three weeks before they start filming that is incredible uh, I'm gonna be guessing that we will be getting a lot more casting news over the next few days when it gets since we're getting that close to uh filming starting and I hope that it doesn't get delayed because Steve like you said I'm a huge sandman fan and I can absolutely not wait to uh to see this when it when it uh, does come out so yeah I am. I'm psyched, and I, I do think that this is going to um, cause me to check out some of his past work. And, you know, uh, so maybe I'll report back and let you know what I think. But yeah, he definitely does look the part. And up next, we learn that Victor's Ass is going to be part of the Rogue's Gallery in Batwoman Season 2. Uh, Kelly, what do you think of this?
1: I like this. I think that. Um it, at least from what I know of Victor's, as that he'll be a good character to play off of Batwoman. He's very crazy <laughs> and and psychotic, and but in a way that's more. I I don't I don't know exactly how to explain his personality except that he's a sort of controlled insanity that comes out and it bursts, and I kind of love that. And I think right now what I I keep going back to is just his portrayal in. Harley Quinn where he's you know trying to get better in the pit prison and it ends up being the butt of Ivy's jokes it's it's hilarious and I love it and I really do want to see more of him Steve what do you think?
2: Uh, I love this character since his debut in Shadow of the Bat way back just before Nightfall broke out I mean a, a villain so damaged that he scars his own body as a tally mark of all these victims is just fascinating to me. And that whole era, the characters that Alan Grant, John Wagner, and Norm Brayfogel created, I mean, he's just one of many. If we're going to see him, who can say that we might not see the Ventriloquist and Scarface and so many others and Ratcatcher? And oh, I, I cannot wait to see. More. um He was brilliantly portrayed, like you said, in Harley Quinn. That was hilarious. He was brilliant in um, Gotham. He was brilliant in Birds of Prey. Each actor bringing something completely different to the role. But having him as a regular on Batwoman, I know I was a an naysayer and I did not want to see Batwoman without Kate Kane. But the more I'm reading, the more I'm hearing, the more I'm seeing, I, I really want to see Batwoman because of javicia leslie and these wonderful characters they're bringing in so i'm sold um, i'm there um, what about you brad
0: yeah i i'm excited about this too uh, you know gotham even though it was a big network show it was very dark and Victor ass is a character that is very dark so i think that this might be a hint of what we're going to get in the second season and it might be uh, a little bit of a darker season than we're used to on CW shows but uh he is a, a a great character and it's a character that's been used a lot in a lot of different ways recently like in the Harley Quinn cartoon and in the movie and in uh you know in Gotham so yeah it seems to be a, a another character that's having its its day in the sun so yeah i I think batwoman might have met her match with this character so we uh we shall we shall see soon and up next uh there have been some motion arrowverse motion posters released that are promoting the debut of swamp thing on the network kelly what do you think of this
1: there has to be a season two. I mean, I know they're saying that this doesn't confirm season two, but this, like this they can't tease us like this. That's so unfair. Um, and I, I think this kind of makes me a little bit more hopeful because Swamp Thing's first season was amazing. And everybody who saw it adored it. And then it just stopped and it was over. Um, and I think if they can put those first few episodes on the CW, we'll see a huge uptick in interest in Swamp Thing which may then actually you know put that kind of confidence out that they'll bring on a season two although I don't know how they're not confident in that already just from the reaction to season one um yeah I mean the, these posters look great I love them I'm just frustrated because now I want more Swamp Thing and I mean I know you must too Steve
2: oh yeah you all know how I feel about this character particularly a uh, uh, long and famous run by a certain writer who uh, everyone loves and, and his work on the medium will forever be cherished and admired and was groundbreaking. His, his Swamp something, Alan Moore something is still the best run on an existing character by a new writer I believe I've ever read. So when that series came out, I was hooked after episode one it was cancelled after episode one. We only got 10 out of the 13 episodes they were originally planning. But like you said, Kelly, every one of those episodes was magic. It was fantastic. The casting was great. The direction, the lighting, the editing, the cinematography, the writing, and so many questions left unanswered. What's happened to Blue Devil? The pharaonic man's really he's there. And you just left us hanging Oh, please, let this be a resurgence. Let this be hugely successful on the CW. Let there be a season two. That's all I have to say on
0: the matter. What about you, Brad? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, we Over the course of all these episodes that we've done on this podcast, we've had a lot of frustrating stories, delays, uh, you know, production stopping. But I think... One of the absolute most frustrating stories that we had to talk about was the fact that they canceled Swamp Thing after the first episode
3: yeah. debuted
0: on DC Universe. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was unbelievably sad and a stupid thing to do. And now it might have a little bit of a second second life to it. And I'm glad that the CW is promoting it with these posters uh, so they're not just throwing it out there and just letting it die on the vine. They are going to try to do a push because we would all like to see a another season. And, Steve, you're absolutely right. They they had so many cliffhangers in that first season that I want to know what happened. So, please, everybody, watch Swamp Thing so that we can get a second season. Please. <laughs> and, <laughs> and moving it's on... Uh, <laughs> uh, it looks like Adam... Uh, Textman, I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, is going to be a series regular on Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, Kelly, what do you think of this?
1: I, I'm i not too, too, because I haven't seen Legend of Tomorrow, so I'm not too, too familiar. Um, but I do think, I, I feel like all the stories we cover for that show are so positive. And it's always people coming back and staying long term. Um, and it just from... The ringing endorsements I have from, from you know, you guys and Seth about the show, I I think that's probably a really great thing. And it's definitely, it's high up on my watch list, but right now there's a couple other things, including Flash, that are a little bit higher. Um, but yeah, I, I think having a long-term actor means more time to build chemistry between the characters, more time to get familiar with the set and really play into the role, and that can't be a bad thing. Steve, what do you think?
2: I am so happy. Gary is one of the unsung heroes of the entire DC multiverse. He is the ultimate stalwart put upon intern um, who comes good. He he becomes John Constantine's apprentice. Uh, um, um, really does uh, well at that. <laughs> He's like imagine the most awkward nerdy younger brother in history always wearing suits and ties nothing ever goes right in in his love life his his team life in any kind of aspect of his life and yet he's thrown away and he's become such a part of the family that he's almost an honorary legend himself he is a brilliant actor the character is adorable annoying and everything in between. So the fact that he's fine, I mean, I just want to see regular as he is, because he appeared in virtually every episode of the last season, but the fact he's officially won now, good for you, Adam. Proud of you, my friend. Can't wait to see more of Gary. Really looking forward to it. Uh, Brad, would you give this story?
0: Yeah, Kelly, I'm a little bit behind too, but I love, like you were saying, the positivity around the show. Uh, we have been hit with some Kind of bad news with um, Supergirl ending after next season, but uh, Legend of Tomorrow just seems like this show that just will not quit. The fan base just absolutely loves it, and it's really found kind of a really good niche. So I, I love these stories where these characters are now series regulars, and we keep expanding on on the story and on on the character base. So yeah, I think this is this is good news and up next our last bit of tv streaming news uh john wesley ship will return uh as jay garrick in flash season seven uh kelly what do you think of this
1: this is exciting and i i'm not completely caught up on flash but i do know who this character is and that he kind of had a a cliffhangery send-off the last time we saw him that we didn't know exactly where he was going to show up again, if he was dead or not. Um, so to see him come back and get to live a life on Earth Prime I think will be really exciting. Um, and I, I have to assume that people who are completely caught up with Flash are really excited about this because it kind of sucks when you don't know the fate of a really good character. So I, I'm happy about this and i'm just positive that once i'm all cut off with the flash i'm going to be just relentlessly messaging you guys in the group chat about how great this is You <laughs> would you think
2: what a huge fan of the golden age flash uh, the golden age green lantern the golden age of the, the justice society i am so losing jay garrick or supposedly losing jay garrick at the end of crisis on infinite earths last year was was heart-wrenching um i thought that a uh, different flash i thought the Earth 90 flash was was gonna oh actually no hang on am i getting really confused because it's him as well i know we lost um <laughs> i know we lost john wesley ship but i forget which flash we lost um anyway john wesley ship lovely lovely man brilliant actor the original tv flash we're seeing more of him That's good news in one little package all by itself. So the fact we're seeing him again and as Jay Garrick, the Golden Age Flash, I'm there. Again, this is one of those bits of good news that I could take all day long. What about you, Brad?
0: Yeah, Jay Garrick has always been one of my favorite flashes. So it's great to see that he's going to be sticking around. And, you know, I was wondering if or how they could do that. So that'll be cool to see. And yeah, he's just, you know, he's Jay Garrick is just this character that also fans can't seem to get enough of. So yeah, well, you know, welcome aboard. Uh, glad to have you, Don Wesley Ship. So yeah, I think this is going to shape up to be a pretty good season of uh, of The Flash. And with that, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back with some comic book news and a few other miscellaneous stories. So stick around, and we'll see you
3: soon. This is Seth Singleton from DC Comics News, here to tell you about The Spinner Rack. Each and every week, DC Comics publishes so many great books, it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where The Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us. Right here on the DC Comics News Podcast. First. There was the DC
2: Comics News Podcast. Then came... The Spinner Rack. And now... The third show brought to you by... The guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I Am The Knight, A story about the stories. A show celebrating... Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode... Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones, I am the Knight.
3: Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Madbub, a Harley Quinn cast. Three, two, one. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show?
2: Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, gogar And
1: we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Set up the battle on me, I definitely do not f***. That in need of an adult-sized nemesis
0: humans make good
3: fertilizer.
1: you can't fuck with lois lane for fuck's sake i'm a damn good cop a lot of lasers
3: mm. educational and informative
2: the dc comics news podcast network presents mad love the harley
3: quinn past <laughs> back to you seth so tell us your thoughts We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. F***ers.
0: And welcome back to episode 88 of the DC Comics News Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Brad Flicky, and with me is Kelly Gaines and Steve J. Ray. And now we're going to be talking some comic book news. So up first, it looks like Grant Morrison has shelved his planned Batman Arkham Asylum sequel. Kelly, what do you think of this?
1: I'm kind of disappointed. I did want to see that, although it was announced so long ago, I think I had kind of forgotten about it. So it's the, the fact that we're getting like an official announcement that it's delayed now. It's like, well, that was three years ago and I had forgotten, but now I remember why I was sad. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I still feel a little bit hopeful at the end of this, because it's not like he has decided against the project or doesn't want to continue. It's just that he has too many other projects going on right now, um, which is perfectly fair, because stretching yourself too thin, especially in a creative field is just not, uh, not conducive to making a good story. And I think we all want the sequel to be really fantastic. Um, I, I. I enjoy Damian Wayne a lot, and I would really like to see that sort of further fleshed out of what sort of Batman he would become. Um, So hopefully when his schedule calms down a little bit, maybe we'll see this pop up again. But, you know, we'll we'll see. Steve?
2: I just take on board the fact that they say shelved, not binned. Um, And like you said, he's he's worked with the artist on on a brilliant uh, short story for Detective 1027. So there is still hope that this might happen. So anything that shows, like you said, Kelly, more Damien Wayne in the future as a possible future Batman, I'm happy with. Because when last we saw him, he'd quit being Robin. That was it. He'd had enough. He'd he was at war with his own father. And that's how they're leaving Teen Titans, or maybe the last two issues will change all that. But um, a possible future with damien as Batman and a sequel to Arkham Asylum, I'm there as a Batman fan. How could I not be? What about you, Brad?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty optimistic that this will happen at some point down the line. uh You know, like Steve, like you said, he's he's coming. He came back for the short story in 1027. So I think that. Hopefully that'll get the gears turning and he'll be able to uh, get back to it when his schedule uh, clears up a little bit. So keep the faith, keep your fingers crossed. But I think that at some point we will we will see this, see the light of day. So we'll see. Up next, uh, speaking of uh, delays, Amethyst, the uh, the finale is going to be delayed by nine weeks. Kelly, what do you think?
1: I mean this is unfortunate but I it's to be expected. Um I remember I guess it was the last New York Comic Con watching the WonderCon panel or the Wonder WonderCon panel, the Wonder um Wonder Comics panel. And I Amy Reader was so enthusiastic about this character and so excited. So I think the fact that in this time period they've only gotten up to issue 5 is mostly just related to COVID. Um and, you know, it's it's unfortunate, but hopefully she'll come back and be able to end her run strong. Although I don't I'm not sure that it's ending here or if this is just, you know, she's still building towards it. I didn't I didn't see that too, too clearly. Um, but, yeah, it's you know, it's to be expected at this point. There are going to be a lot of delays and nine weeks is a lot, but it could be more. So we'll see. See
2: yeah, I'm really disappointed by this book because I've been loving this series. And as you said, Kelly, Amy Reader is a lovely human being and a talented, talented woman. When you think that when this series started, she was penciling, inking and colouring and writing the book. Um, as soon as I saw they had to bring in a colorist, with I think issue three or four, I thought, oh, maybe she has taken on too much. Then the COVID delay came and I thought, oh no. And now this... Um, we're waiting for the last issue of the six issue miniseries and it's been since like August when we got the last one but as she says this means that she's going to be able to do it properly finish it and maybe we'll even get a bumper issue like we did with the long delayed Doomsday Clock 12 as well it's going to be even bigger and and better than what we expected and like I said she's such a talented creator she's she's writing penciling and inking um, even the series finale so It's going to be two months, or actually after COVID, probably more like five or six months later than we originally planned. But um, if it's going to be as great as I think it is, and it matches up to the other five issues, I think well worth the wait. And I know the series has done well. They've got a trade paperback uh, or hardback even coming in February, apparently. So if this means more for the character after the end of, uh, of because she's a member of the new Young Justice team, when that series ends, this means she can get her own book again. Count me in. Yeah, looking forward to it. Sad it's delayed, but it's coming. Brad?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, because of COVID and how much work she does have to put into it, I think it's completely understandable that it may have to be delayed a little bit. And in the end, we're just going to get a better final issue because of it. So I think that it's just one of those things, again, where it's par for the course and we just, you know, it's, it's just the way things are now, but we are going to be getting a good finished product. Uh, and Steve, like you're saying, you know, with the hardback coming out in, in February, we will hopefully be able to, you know, give the character her own book again. So uh, yeah, I think, I think it'll be worth the wait. And up next, uh, some of the classic Milestone comics are being re-released digitally, uh, including hardware and Icon. Kelly, what do you think of this?
1: This is so exciting. I can't stress enough how happy I am about the relaunch of Milestone. Um, And it, it does make sense for them to digitize and make these books available ahead of the relaunch, just to sort of familiarize anyone who's forgotten about the characters or bring in new fans. I mean, that's, you know, that's just great marketing um yeah i this is the perfect time for milestone to come back it is such a good collection of characters and i think hardware is actually one of the ones that i haven't read yet so i am really excited to catch up with hardware um yeah th- this is a fantastic idea and i as much as i harp on digital comics i will be downloading this one Deep, what'd you think
2: As soon as I saw this news story, I shared it with about 10 people. Um, Fantastic. What a way to bring readers into the fold. I've got some friends who only recently, after years of me badgering them and throwing books at them and slap smacking around the head with how amazing comics are who have succumbed and finally um, gotten the bug and now they're hooked, <laughs> my work here is done. And Milestone was one that's really interested in one of them. And I said, well, it's coming back. You need to check this out. The fact that these books are gonna be available digitally as a taster, as a teaser, so you can see these characters as they were when they first created before we get them reintroduced to a brand new audience this is genius marketing, this is great news, and this is something that makes me very, very happy. And I'm sure it does to you as well, Brad, yeah?
0: Yeah, because uh, I, I haven't read these comics at all. Uh, they came out at a time when I wasn't collecting. So having this easy way to catch up is going to be really cool. And as much as I bemoan digital comics it's instances like this where they come in really handy because I don't have to go to eBay and wait for it to show up or you know you know track them down I, I can just go to Comixology or wherever and order them and read them right on the spot so I I I think like you were saying it's it's great marketing uh, I'm all for it I uh, I'm actually looking forward to reading these stories because I haven't had the experience of reading these stories and i am excited for this to you know to see milestone be relaunched because kind of like you were saying this is the perfect time for it so this is a great great way to be able to get caught up and up next uh looks like phantasm will be making a debut in the batman catwoman series uh and uh that won't be all we'll be seeing more phantasm after that kelly what do you think
1: I love this. Um, Mask of the Phantasm was one of my, I wouldn't say one of my favorite movies as a kid, but it's a movie I saw at least 10 times as a child. So I I do have a special place in my heart for Phantasm. Um, And just, I mean, morbid as it sounds, I remember watching that and thinking, wow, Batman's own fiance is is not a good person you can't trust anyone and you know maybe that's how I learned about the world (laughs) but I'm very excited to see that this character is not only making a comeback but is going to be featured in upcoming stories and is enough of a pivotal part of the DC universe at this point that you know it's important to kind of bring her back into the fold and start um you know including her in main titles so I am really really excited and there's a, a small part of me that's like, all right, this might give us enough of a enough leeway here for her to maybe show up in Harley Quinn at some point, because now I think DC villains and I think, okay, but how would Harley Quinn show them? So <laughs> we'll see. But I, I'm very into it. Steve, what thing. you think?
2: Oh, Kelly. Wonderful. I'm so old. <laughs> <laughs> I was in my twenties when this movie came out and I'm sorry, I might be in a minority, but I don't think I am. I actually do still think that Mask of the Phantasm could still be the best Batman movie ever made. I adore this film. It's something I still watch regularly. I got it on VHS. I got it on DVD. Now I've got it in Blu-ray as part of the Batman the Animated Series box set, and I can't wait to review it for I Am The Night. Um, Andrea Beaumont, is one of those characters, like you said, Kelly. I mean, what a life lesson! His own fiance, really damn uh, amazing. I cannot wait to see more. And Tom King is the writer to do it. And Clayman, poor oh, the work he's been putting out over the last couple of years. The uh, oh, the the the, the engagement stories in leading up to the wedding with Clark Lois. Bruce and Selena were just things abuse. He is working heroes in crisis. I'm dying to see Batman Catwoman. It's only a couple of months away now. And the fact we're going to get even more Phantasm afterwards. Ooh, this is up there with possibly one of the best news stories of the week. And we've had a few. So yeah, I'm in. Love it. Can't wait. What about you, Brad?
0: Yeah, if you look at a character as iconic as Harley Quinn, she got her start on the Batman animated series, which just goes to show how important that series was. And like you both have said, this is such a fan favorite. I mean, people love this movie. And Steve, you're not alone in thinking that it's one of the best Batman movies ever. I mean, so many people have said that over the years. And this character is well-loved, and seeing, seeing Phantasm be introduced... Into the DCU, I think, is an amazing thing, and I especially in the context of the Batwoman, Catwoman series, because she was Bruce Wayne's fiance and all that. That could be a very interesting story. So, yeah, I'm super excited for this, and it makes me more excited for the Batman Catwoman series, like you were saying, Steve. So, yeah, this is really exciting. And our last bit of comic news: uh, Wonder Woman. Earth One, Volume 3, is getting released in March of 2021. Tell me, what do you think of this?
1: This is fantastic. And I'm also glad that it's coming out in March because I read um, the first arc. I think I'm up through Volume 1 of Wonder Woman Earth One, and I haven't read the second one, but I have it on my shelf. So this means that I have until March to read that, and I am pumped because I will actually get it done then. Um, Yeah, this sounds awesome. Maxwell Lord versus the entirety of Paradise Island and Wonder Woman having to call back all of the, uh, the distant Amazon tribes for the first time in a millennium. I mean, this sounds amazing. I am definitely on board. And I love the Earth One titles. They're just so creative and so they're condensed enough that you can have huge gaps between each arc. And you still feel like, okay, I remember what's happening. I know who these characters are because it tweaks the characters just a little bit, but just adds enough of, um, you know, what's true to them to make it still familiar. So I I love this. I am very excited. And I have time. Um, Steve, what do you think?
2: Everything you just said. That's what I think. Um, the Earth One stories, again, ugh you just are astounded by the talents of these writers and artists that they get characters have been around for 80 years and this is all of them batman green lantern wonder Woman, all of them been around for 80 plus years now and they have found a way of making them fresh and different but they've also found a way of making them real and now what i love about the earth one series is They're the closest I've seen to what would happen if these characters did exist in the real world. So I'm so excited. I mean, when you get a dream team like Grant Morrison and Yannick Paquette uh, making this series as well, I mean, just the art we've seen in this article has me dying to read it. March, my birthday's in March. So if this is out in early March, guess what I'm getting myself for my birthday? Wonder Woman, Earth One, Volume Three. And that's all I have to say about that, Brad. Brad?
0: Yeah, I'm excited too. I, I I am a big fan of the Earth One books, and I'm glad that they are kind of back on the rotation of being released. A few months ago, we got Green Lantern, uh, Volume Two, and now March is just around the corner, really. So we won't have that long to wait for One Woman Earth One Volume Three, and and I think we all want to see how the story wraps up. So yeah, I'm 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 excited. And Steve, like you're saying, this is a it's a great a great team behind this book. And this the, the Earth One stories are all uh I feel like I'm watching a movie when I read them. And sometimes when I say that about a comic yes. book, that's a great compliment. And I definitely mean that in, in terms with these Earth One books. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited for this.
2: They'd make great movies, wouldn't
0: they? All of them. Yeah. Yeah, they would. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember reading the Batman once thinking, man, why won't somebody make this into a movie? But uh, peace yep, right sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, and some other news uh st- keeping on the Wonder Woman tip uh insight editions is going to be releasing an official Wonder Woman cookbook uh Kelly, what do you think of this
1: ah uh, see i I heard about this earlier in the week from from Steve you filled me in on an amazing <laughs> I'm so excited about this and I say I'm excited from the position of somebody who doesn't cook, really, which is, I didn't know that I didn't cook until I moved in with someone from Italy. And then I realized my version of I Can Cook and his version of I Can Cook are very different versions. So Mm. I, I think having this cookbook, because it's Wonder Woman and because it looks, I mean, just from that cover, it looks delicious and beautiful, will actually push me to try cooking. Um, and I, I don't know if that's their intent with this book, but it's doing it. I will actually sit down with a cookbook and try something new besides just making omelets. So I am very excited. Um, and yeah, it's, I, I've seen a lot of different character themed cookbooks. Um, I think I, I've seen the Bob's Burgers one. There's one for shows like Archer. I think there's even an American dad one, um, so the, I mean, this is just awesome. And again, a themed cookbook. Who could be mad at that? Steve?
2: I love Insight Editions so much. I can't think of a book they, they've produced that I haven't loved. And to do this, something that marries my two greatest loves after my wife and my family, food and comics. Damn, this is just genius and and kelly listen as soon as i got this press release the first thing i thought of oh kelly needs to see this that's why i sent (laughs) it to you you. the second i saw it i thought oh this has got kelly written all over it and (laughs) i oh, you're very welcome (laughs) i do cook and i do love food i mean obviously i've had a big change in lifestyle this year um due to circumstances beyond anybody's control but Um, I still cook from scratch, cook healthy, cook with fresh ingredients. And the fact that this is a Wonder Woman cookbook, you just know it's going to be Mediterranean-based. And, hey, maybe I'm a bit biased, but best food on earth, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll fight you if you disagree. Um, Battle me, Nards. That's all I can say to that one. Right, Brad? Um, So I
0: am dying to get this book because it sounds yummy what about you brad yeah i i really like mediterranean food as well so i think that they'll have some very cool recipes i'm very curious um what they will have in it and how hard that will be to make because i would like to maybe try some of this stuff um and and steve like you were saying like insight edition is almost guaranteed quality they put out such great stuff so anything that they release is going to be worth checking out uh, e- even if it was just Wonder Woman's grocery list and not a cookbook. So I think that <laughs> fans will uh, will dig this. I think this is going to be a lot of fun for sure. And up next, uh, Walmart has opened pre-orders on the gold label McFarlane backman Uh Kelly, what do you think of this?
1: This looks so nice. I, I know I won't pre-order it, but, oh my goodness, this looks amazing. Um, yeah, I, I mean, as you guys know, I've started collecting action figures. So every time something new and awesome comes out, it ends up in my Amazon cart. And i if anything, the fact that I'm not pre-ordering it, if that means it's going to take me a while to get it, that's perfectly fine because I shouldn't be spending too too much money on action figures right now. So, <laughs> I mean, this this just looks amazing. The little goggles, the the design of the face, he looks very brooding and almost older. It almost kind of reminds me of a more of a Frank Miller kind of Batman. But yeah, I I want this one. Steve, what about you?
2: You called it. He looks older, grimmer, darker, and what was I saying about the Earth one? Getting classic characters and and polishing them up and doing something new with them. Uh, This is a very different looking Batman. And McFarlane toys do it again. The one thing I would change, and maybe Brad, you back me up on this. Do you remember Todd McFarlane's original Batman story when he took over Batman Year 2 from Alan Davis? The Cloak. That's the only thing I would oh, change. Yeah. I would have another <laughs> one of those capes that takes up the entire skyline that it's actually impossible. He'd be tripping up over it every time he took a step. But that's one thing I love about McFarlane's Batman and McFarlane's spawn is that cape. But yeah, this figure looks cool as really, 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 really cool. So Kelly, your willpower is strong. If I was a, an action figure collector, I, I, I'd be finding it very tough right now not to pre-order this one so i bow to you you are a strong strong lady um brad what do you make of it
0: yeah todd mcfarlane figures are just so incredibly detailed and the work and love that goes into them is just just amazing and this is i think definitely a figure that you don't play with that you put on a shelf and and display it um yeah, it's just the the detail and the cape, and like you were saying, it's like a, I was getting that Kelly, like you were saying, the Frank Miller vibe from this as well. And I gotta say that if you want it, you better pre-order it now because it, it's they're not exactly sure how many numbers of this are being made, so this might be hard to get. So Kelly, you may want to reconsider because you may be uh, uh. paying more for it <laughs> later. But to those of you who are trying to get this. Good luck and Godspeed. And may the odds be ever in your favor because I have a feeling it's not going to be too easy. And the last bit of news we have today is that there is going to be a Batman scripted podcast called Unburied. Uh, Kelly, what do you think of this?
1: I love this. I, and I'm definitely going to listen to this because it's, I mean, they mentioned Spotify and Spotify is my podcast place. That's where I listen to us. That's where I listen to everything. Um, yeah, th- this looks awesome. I mean, there's no real details on what they're going to be getting into. But in any case, a scripted Batman podcast and even just the title, Batman Unburied, sounds awesome. So I, I will be absolutely listening to this. Steve, what about you?
2: You already know both of you how much i love audio dramas, scripted podcasts i live for them from the current wolverine stories that are going around to the classic nightfall and stuff that's mentioned in this very article as soon as it was announced a few months back and we talked about it on the show that spotify would be doing scripted podcasts i just leapt for joy i mean you you can't see me right now but i'm doing my famous steve jig that's wearing down floors and breaking through ceilings and and making me look like some kind of um break dancing nightmare uh, i am so happy by this news the fact that the first one they're doing is batman really Thank you, lords of audio dramas, for making my dreams come true. And like you, Kelly, I live on Spotify. My commute would not be um, anywhere near the fun, amazing thing it is without Spotify. Um, I can't read on buses, so I have to listen to something, and that's what keeps me going. Like I said, I listen to our shows on Spotify. I listen to other people's shows on Spotify. I listen to music. I listen to books. I listen to everything on Spotify. Batman Unburied? Oh, Please stay unburied because I want to look at you and listen to you for years and years and years and years and years and years and years years. What about you, Brad?
0: Yeah, I I think this is a great idea. I think Batman's a character that lent itself great to the idea of uh, a scripted podcast. And, Steve, I knew that you would be over the moon about this because you are such a fan of audio dramas. So, yeah, I knew this was going to be big for you. But I... (laughs) I, I must be the only person who just goes to Apple Podcasts, so I may have to jump ship to Spotify so I can, so I can hear this, unless they do like they did with the Wolverine and did a delayed release on Apple, but, um, but we'll see. But I think this is going to be uh, a really cool thing, and I, I'm curious more about what the story is going to be about. Uh, so yeah, hopefully we'll learn more soon. And with that, that wraps up another episode of the DC Comics News uh, podcast. Uh, You can find DC Comics News and the podcasts uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. You can find DC Comics News on social media at DC Comics News. So Facebook, Twitter, uh, Tumblr, anywhere you want. Uh, And Kelly, where can people find you?
1: You can find me doing opinion and editorial pieces for DC Comics News and also on our other podcast, Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. And you can find me on Twitter at Kel Gaines Wright. What about you, Steve?
2: Most weeks I'm making this wonderful show with these wonderful people and having a wonderful, wonderful time. Um, Every week you'll find me on my own little show with my son or a guest star talking about Batman, the animated series on the I Am The Night podcast. I'm also infrequently a visitor on the Mad Love Harley Quinn cast, too, which everyone should listen to because it's more fun than you would be legally allowed to listen to or to make. Um, If you want to read my written work, just search Steve j ray in google or wherever else you fancy typing it into and i'll give you links to all my written work across both dc comics news and dark knight news if you want to read more fan stuff not just comics or dc type in fantastic universes but i want to talk to everyone too and you can catch me on twitter at lstevo e l underscore s t e e v o captain fantastic for Licky. where can the universes find
0: you uh, you can find me writing news and reviews at DC Comics News. Uh, you can find me also on the Mad Love Podcast. And you can follow me at FlickyB1 on Twitter. And like uh, Steve and Kelly and I have mentioned, uh, there are other podcasts on the DC Comics News uh, Podcast Network, The Eye am the Night, The Spinner Rack, and Mad Love. So check that out. Listen and subscribe. Uh, tell us what you think. And we like to end the episode uh, with a certain saying, and that is to read more comics. Until next time, everybody, have a good one.